Well, welcome to Downtown Harbor Church, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here. I am just super excited that you decided to kick off your year here. We're January 14th as we just kick off this new, big, ambitious, dare I say, the biggest series that we've ever taken on here at Downtown Harbor Church called The Big Story. But before we kind of launch into that, I just have to tell you that it's unfortunate that on January 14th, one of my New Year's resolutions has already been broken because I made a resolution that that man would never do the announcements again. However, it just got broken, so we're going to have to deal with that. The illness has taken over the announcements team, and so we had to bring John back up here. Gosh, it was brutal again, wasn't it? Felt so good for so long. Anyway, old Big John's doing all right here. But we are so excited to kind of launch into this series called The Big Story, and I got my props, and I'm ready to go. And as I said, this is the most ambitious series, the best and biggest series that we've ever done here at Downtown Harbor Church, and I am so pumped about it. I think you're going to have a better understanding for the Bible. I think you're going to have a better understanding for who Jesus is and how he fits into the big story. But before we dive in today, allow me to just give you a couple of disclaimers, because today's message might be the most interesting of the entire series to some of you, because, because it is the only message in the entire series that we're going to cover multiple people and multiple time periods in the Bible. And you may think by the end of this message that, wow, that dude in the flowered shirt covered a lot on that stage in the museum. But I'm just going to tell you a couple of things because we're going to go through multiple people in multiple time periods today. I want to give you perspective for what we're going to talk about today. So one of the things you're going to notice is that there's a Bible on your chair. So first of all, those are yours to take. Whether you don't have one at home or maybe you want a new one or yours is beat up or maybe yours is on your phone and you're like, you know, I'd really love to have a book for my house that you know, is the Bible. Those are there for you to take. Downtown Harbor Church has made those available for you, and it's an exciting time, so feel free to take those. But I want to talk to you about something related to the big story before I dive in, because the big story encompasses kind of the entire Bible that we're going to talk about in the next 12 weeks from start to finish, right? But normally here at Downtown Harbor Church, we cover a couple of things consistently. And one of the things consistently that we cover is the life and the teachings of Jesus. Jesus, who we believe to be the risen Messiah of the Savior of the universe, we believe that his life is so important we cover it a lot. Well, I want to show you something because Jesus' life begins right about here in the big story. So I'm holding it even, right? Look how much is before the life of Jesus. Sometimes we don't understand that. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we don't remember that. Furthermore, we forget because we talk about Jesus a lot that the life of Jesus in this big story in the Bible is only contained by these few pages. Well, look at how much is after his life and look at how much happens before his life in this big story. It's so interesting to get perspective on that. Furthermore, it's interesting to gain perspective because today, even though our message is going to be very detailed and very deep, right, and simple for some of us because we may have heard this before because we're going to talk about a lot of history, today I'm only covering that much of the big story. So look how much I'm covering and look how much is left. And so by the end of the day, you may go, wow, that dude talked about a lot. 
but there is a very small number of pages that I'm going to be covering today that covers hundreds and thousands of years as we kick off this big story. And we just wanted to give you perspective for that, if nothing else. So here's just one of the things that we need to talk about. Because one of the things that we did at Downtown Harbor Church is we just said, okay, if I was a guy or a gal sitting in these chairs for the last couple of years, I would have a couple of questions. And one of the questions I would have, regardless of my history in the Christian faith, whether I'm brand new or I'm back or I've never been a part of a local church, right? Or maybe you've been a one for a long, been a part of one for a long time. I would ask this question, how does this all tie together? How does this all tie together? Sure, I've heard the names of these people. I've heard the names. I've heard the name of Jesus. I've heard the name of Jesus. I've heard him talked about a lot. We've heard him talked about it downtown Harbor Church. The Messiah, the risen savior of the universe. You've probably heard this name before. You've probably heard the name Paul. One of almost the founders of the Christian faith, who's probably documented more about Christianity than anybody else in the entire Bible. Who's this guy? How does he fit in? Furthermore, you may have heard of a guy by the name of Peter. Let's talk about him before. And you saw the bumper video. You've heard of a lot of names here at Downtown Harbor Church. The question is, as we kind of think about this, who are all these people? Who are all these guys or girls? How do they all fit together? Because one of the things that we think that you probably have thought of as we've talked about these people are some of the things that we've thought of throughout our course of history and journey in the local church, right? In the Christian faith. You've probably heard these names and a picture like this might have come to your mind, right? Because this is what you've seen in a museum, or this is what you've seen in a place, and they've said, you know, the word Peter under it, or the word Paul, right? This is what he looks like. Maybe if you're like me, and you were growing up as a kid, and you're, maybe you had a family history who were Christians, or had involvement in the Christian faith, you may have seen a picture like this, right? This picture was in my great-grandmother's house, and every time that we would go and visit and see her, we would see this picture kind of hanging above the table. And I would always ask her, great grandma, right? Her name, we, her nickname was Piffle, which is great. I don't know why her nickname was Piffle, but it was, okay? And I would say, Piff, that's what I used to call her. Who is that? I don't know, she would say, some guy in the Bible. And I was like, wow, they had cameras back then. And she'd go, yeah, you know, it's just what they said. And so you may have had a, you know, image like that in your mind. But the truth is, the fact of the matter is, about all these people that we're going to talk about in this big story is that these people fit together in more ways than you think. They're all connected from start to finish. At the end of this and the beginning of this, we don't realize this all the time, but it's all one big story. And it all comes back to and is rooted in Jesus. It all comes back to Jesus. The most beginning of the details and the end of the details, it's all rooted in and comes back to Jesus. So I told you that this message series was going to be different that this message series was going to be ambitious, that this message series might be transformational for some of our lives because of the perspective that we are going to get. Because normally at Downtown Harbor Church, we always take a principle from the scripture and go, okay, 
What's the practical here? How can we apply this to our life on Sunday afternoon or Monday? What can we take and do with what we've heard? And we're still going to do that. But this series is a little bit different. It's a little bit different than what we normally do. Because much of this message series is what? History. And even though you may understand a number of things because you might have a history in church, odds are if you zone in and you understand this from start to finish, you're going to get a different understanding of the Bible. You're going to get a different understanding of the history of the Christian faith as you understand the history that exists, the absolute rich history that exists in the context of this scripture in these words. So that's my kind of disclaimer as we launch in today. My little props here. I'm going to have a little table here soon for the ones gone by, much to people's chagrin who have to load and unload the trailer every day. I'm going to get some props. It all started in the beginning. And this is a globe it represents our earth, our planet, that was created as God created the universe. This massive being that we could never understand fully or imagine. Here's our representation for today. Because sometimes if you're like me, before we dive into the scripture, you forget how massive God is. Why? Because we live in our own little world. We live in downtown Fort Lauderdale, some of us, or maybe we live on the west side of town or the north side of town or south, and we forget outside of our own little world how big God is. And God created this massive world in the form of a magnificent paradise. So if you go ahead and you want to open the scripture with us today, you can. It's going to be very early on in your scripture. It's going to be in the book of Genesis. It's actually going to be page, I think it's like page one or three in there, right past the old table of contents, the oldie but a goodie right there, the old TOC. And so we're going to kind of dive in in Genesis chapter one, verses one and two. And it's always, if you don't have that or don't want to pick it up or want to look on any mobile device, that's great, but it will always be on our screens. Here it is, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. goes on, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, the surface of the waters. God created the world and everything in it. And when you think about how massive God is, as this big story begins, how big is he to be able from nothing to create something? Adam, where's science in this? If the scripture says this, doesn't that downplay science? Not according to me. I believe in science. In fact, I believe that God and science are not mutually exclusive. One of the things that the museum asked us when we started downtown Harbor Church, you probably don't know this, it's so interesting. As we were talking about renting this space from them, they asked us, they said, are you guys going to use the church as a platform to stand against science? And I was like, not us. We think science only confirms the existence of God. And they replied with, well, then we'll gladly take your money every week. And I was like, perfect. Okay, that's a good thing, right? But after this, the scripture goes on and it talks about how God created humanity human beings. We're going to pick it up in verse 27. So you can keep your text open throughout this message today, because we're going to pick it up in verse 27, right? And it says this, 
So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. You've probably heard these names before that were given to the first human beings. And here's the deal. A lot of people will say to me, hey, do you believe in the creation story? Do you believe that God physically created two human beings named Adam and Eve and gave them names? Here's the deal, right? A lot of debate can be had about this. And by the way, this is a side plug for the big story groups. You all are going to open up and debate with this as you sit around on Tuesday night, the 23rd. Good luck facilitators, which is an exciting time for me to stand by and watch because I'm not facilitating. Fantastic, okay? Here's the deal, right? God created these two human beings. The scripture says it, and Jesus mentions them by name, which is why we can take their creation seriously, that God created them. Furthermore, it goes on to talk in, I believe it is Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, and it says this about Adam and Eve. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame, which would be the exact opposite of the way this Adam feels in his own home, okay? I'm training, though. I'm getting there, gang. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting it done, okay? Here's the deal. But Adam and Eve, right? The scripture says that Adam and Eve were tempted, that Adam and Eve were tempted, and God said to them, hey, don't, whatever you do, I've created you to live in this magnificent paradise. Whatever you do, do not, what? You probably have heard this, eat from that tree. And sure enough, just like you, at any restaurant you've been to, when a kind waiter or waitress tells you, don't touch that plate, it's hot, what do you do? You touch that plate. And that's the same thing they did. And they went over and they were tempted and they broke God's law. And they ate from that forbidden fruit. And then humanity fell. The very humanity that God created broke his law. And humanity eventually fell. The start of this big story, God who created the world and everything in it, including human beings, they broke his law and humanity fell. And then on that one specific moment, paradise changed. Everything changed. Everything in the world changed in that moment because they broke God's law. The world was no longer perfect. That's why suffering and dying and sickness and illness came in to this now broken world. You know what God told them? You broke my laws. Get out, right? You be gone, okay? So they were thrown out of paradise. They were no longer permitted to be in what God had created for them. But see, the scripture doesn't stop there. No, it goes on to Genesis chapter four and talks about what happens next with Adam and Eve because a lot of people would think once they were thrown out of paradise, they died and that was not the case. So Genesis chapter four said, Adam made love to his wife Eve. Your scripture might actually say sexual relations, right? There's a little bit of difference in some of these translations. Adam made love to his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to who? Cain her son, who eventually would go on to become a former WWE champion. I don't know if you were familiar with that. 
but Kane, I'm just kidding, right? Those of you who know me on the side know I'm a professional wrestling fan and how this man is still in the ring. We have no idea, but he's Kane, okay? He just did, the Undertaker's brother. Just, it's a joke, right? We got to have a little bit of humor in here. It goes on, the scripture does. She said, with the help of the Lord, this is Eve, I have brought forth a man, Genesis chapter 4, verse 2. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. And so Cain and Abel were brothers. The scripture gives a very brief account in Genesis chapter 4 about their history. But do you know what happened? Cain and Abel, they didn't get along. And maybe, much like your family, you didn't get along with your siblings. But eventually, Cain killed Abel. The first murder occurred in the history of the earth. And just because humanity fell, this pain and this suffering after God created this magnificent paradise entered the world, the first murder occurred. Well, the text goes on in this big story. And in Genesis chapter 5, you'll note that it says right there, the descendants of Adam. So what Genesis chapter 5 does is it kind of outlines something. It outlines the genealogy from Adam to a man named Noah. Some of you may have heard of Noah before. In fact, I guarantee you, even if you've never stepped foot in a local church in your life, you've heard of Noah before because he was the guy who built the ark during the time of the what? Great flood. Because what had happened by the time that Noah lived was that humanity and the world had become so evil. It had been so broken and so bad that God said, we have got to hit the reset button. This murder, this illness, this deceitfulness of human beings, we can't handle it anymore. So God chose who? A righteous man named Noah to hit the reset button on creation. And the scripture tells us in the book of Genesis, it outlines that he destroyed the world and everything in it. And Noah and his family and two of each animal were the only people and things that survived. History, the outline in the scripture of what happened is God hit the reset button on humanity, on his creation. But as Noah came out of that, sure enough, the world would begin to be repopulated. And eventually it outlines that Noah would have another descendant. So put this in your mind, guys. We have Adam, the first man ever created, right? And his wife Eve, Cain and Abel, who had a descendant. And eventually one of their descendants was named Noah. Noah, who would be the righteous man to build this massive ship to save the world again and rebuild as God hit the reset on creation. Then Noah, some time later, had a descendant called Abram. And you're, you can go and study this, by the way, because we are leaving out, just so you know, in just a few pages, massive details. And the reason we're leaving out massive details, not only so you can explore it on your own, is because we get tossed out of here at noon. So we had to make the message, you know, about 31 minutes. So go ahead and check that out on your own. But Abram, it was so interesting. Abram was a very interesting blessed and unique person. And God showed him favor, massive favor. Dare I say he was about to be one of the most important people in the history of the human race. 
but much like Jesus liked to do when he walked the earth. Because one of the things that Jesus liked to do was to give people a what? Name change. If you walk through the New Testament, you'll see Jesus walks around just changing everybody's name. And I'll be like, what are you trying to change my name for? Like I, you know, and, but Jesus did that. He just tried to, ch- and so sure enough, God, the father, we believe they're one in that holy trinity that we've talked about. God, the father was about to change Abram's name. He was about to experience a name change. And so we're going to jump ahead, gang. We're going to jump ahead to Genesis chapter 17. So we want to follow along. That's where we're going to end up. Genesis chapter 17. And we're going to start with the account of Abram and what happened to him. So check this out. When Abram was 99, wow, think of being 99, okay? How many people know somebody who's 99, right? Okay, fantastic. Nobody in the room. So this is a rare, unique situation. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. And then he said, don't miss this. This is so key. This is so key to the history of the big story. Then I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will greatly increase your numbers. Hold on. Look up here. Everybody look up here. This is so key, not only to the Bible, but human history of where a group of chosen and blessed people came from. Don't miss this. This is so key as it relates to the history, not only of the Bible, but of humanity, the human race in itself, okay? The scripture goes on and it says this. It says, Abram Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. The scripture goes on. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be what? Abraham. For I have made you the father of many nations. And sure enough, the scripture goes on and it says, I will make you very fruitful. I'm 99, okay? What do you mean I'm going to be fruitful, okay? I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. So sure enough, God made this covenant which was to be, don't miss this, this is where it all ties together, so zone it. This is where God made the covenant, which was going to be represented by something which would last for thousands of years in the history of ancient Israel. I'm going to talk about that in a second, right? Here's what it goes on and says about Abraham, because it was, he wasn't just a single guy, no. Abraham had a wife and descendants, and this wife was named Sarah. And sure enough, how were these two people going to, you know, have descendants in their old age? In fact, it was almost miraculous because they never thought possible. I mean, think of your grandparents. No, don't think of your grandparents. That's a bad idea, okay? I don't know where that came. Don't think of your grandparents, okay? But but, But they, I mean, how could that have been even possible? And the only reason it was possible was because Abraham was promised something amazing by God. And you want to know what the most miraculous thing about this promise is? 
Zone in with me, because this is where it all comes together. Right? I told you there's going to be a lot today, and your mind was going to be spinning. Ask your group facilitator about it, or somebody sitting next to you in a couple of weeks. They'll be able to explain it all, I'm sure. Right? History of life and the world and humanity and creation. They'll be able to unpack it for you. Right? But here's the deal. Abraham was promised something by an amazing God, and here's the key to all of this. Jesus would come from this promise. The Messiah the savior of the world would come from this promise where the big story actually began. And Jesus did something when he walked this earth. If you've heard me talk about it for any length of time, Jesus brought something to this earth. He brought a new covenant, a new covenant with human beings. And he said, if you believe in me, this is thousands of years after this gang. Don't miss this. This is thousands of years after this. If you believe in me, that you shall be made right with God, a new covenant. We have to be asking yourself then, if this is the new covenant that Jesus talked about and God made a covenant with Abraham, what was the old covenant? What was the old covenant? Because that old covenant that God made with human beings, the history of the world, right? The old covenant that God made with human beings thousands of years before Jesus started with Abraham began with a named Abraham. What is that? I have ADD there. What do you mean named Abraham? We'll adjust that for the second service. It began with named Abraham. Did you know that God changed his name again to named Abraham? Right? We should keep that for the second service. That's a decent joke. Rarely do we have decent jokes up here. So that's a decent one, okay? Began with Abraham. Okay. Old covenant. Thousands of years later, Jesus, new covenant, Okay. Old Covenant, beginning of the big story, creation to the Old Covenant. Do you know what the Old Covenant was represented by? It was represented by, and this is, just stay with me for a little bit. Some of you are young in the room, maybe you don't know what this means. You can ask your parents about this later, right? Okay, so but it began with circumcision. And God talked about this. God talked about this old covenant, this old way beginning and being represented by circumcision. The old covenant, a way that Jesus would change so that everyone could know who God the Father is. Let me unpack one thing for you before we kind of dive into this. And I know it's a little lengthy today, so stay with me. I know some of ADD and it's kicking in. Okay, stay with me just real quick. Okay, this idea of the old covenant, this is pre-law. A lot of you have heard us talk about the law around here. This is where God gave Abraham the co covenant of circumcision, okay? This is where God gave Moses the law that long after the old covenant. There's a lot of big story before God actually gave Moses the Ten Commandments. We're going to talk about him in a couple of weeks, and he brought them down, right? This thing that I'm talking about, this covenant, is pre-law. It's so even before the life of Moses existed. It's important for us to understand kind of the chronology of that there. And this is where God said this to Abraham. It continues on. And he said this in Genesis 17, verse 9. And God said to Abraham, your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility. It continues and says, this is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep each 
male among you must be what? Circumcised. And then it goes on to say this. You must cut off the flesh of your foreskin and it's as a sign of the covenant between me and you. I don't really want to go into any more details about that here from the stage. That just kind of makes me a little uncomfortable. However, you know what this is. I know what this is. We all know what this is. This is why this is important. Historically, from the biblical perspective and from the history perspective, right? Okay, think of these like the 13 colonies of the United States early on in its history, early on some of its earliest stages, like our country has a rich history. This is history, right? This is the beginning of Judaism. This is the beginning of Judaism. A lot of times we don't understand that. A lot of times we may even see in biblical you know, accounts or practical accounts or even on the news, Jewish people being persecuted, Jewish people being hated. Our history is filled with that. This is the beginning of where that all came from. This is the beginning of where that all started. It's sometime after the account of creation as God created this massive big world and said to a man by the name of Abraham, you are my chosen one. You will be blessed and your descendants will be blessed. This is where Jewish people began their lineage and their history. Did I go through a thousand years, a couple thousand years quick enough for everybody today? Did I motor through it? Here's the deal. So downtown Harbor Church, we go back every single week and we ask, what's the practical? What's the practical in this one today? Now, I want everybody, because I believe this is so important today, because we're going to do some of these things together and take some of these journeys together, right? What's the practical? We actually believe that some of us in this room have not revisited this as much as we need to. Or maybe, maybe you're like, I, I've never started reading the Bible. I just can't. I can't do it. I don't buy it all. I don't, the, the, the Leviticus bores me to tears. I just can't, I can't get it done, right? So we're going to give you guys just a couple of things that I think could be good. So if you're taking notes, you're taking pictures of the screen, or you're doing whatever, now's that time, right? Here's your practical for this week. Read Genesis chapter 1. Read Genesis chapter 1. It's just a few words, right? Here's the next practical. Read Genesis chapters 6 through 8. And this will be all online, and we're going to send this out, so don't miss this, right? Read Genesis chapter 6 through 8. And then read Genesis chapters 15 through 17. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 6 through 8. Genesis chapters 15 through 17. You might be going... That seems like a lot. Guys, we counted it out. It's roughly about two and a half pages. Now, I'll tell you this. More of you in this room have read articles about detoxing from booze in the month of January that are longer than that, okay? I guarantee it. So, I'm just going to challenge you. Go ahead and read those chapters this week because that's going to give you a little bit of a deeper perspective. And you know what you might do? I believe this is just going to happen in a lot of your lives. Some of you are going to read more than that because you're going to find it interesting as we continually see how this fits into God's big story. One of the things that we didn't talk about was the life of Abraham's son, Isaac. 
And what happened is Abraham was tested by God related to his son. It's a deep and powerful and almost a story that is unbelievable. But it happened, and that lies in Genesis chapter 22. Begins there. So extra credit, Genesis chapter 22. What do you get if you do the extra credit? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely zero. No, there will be no prizes, no, uh, but, but we think it'll be good for you, which is an exciting thing, but nothing physical from us. Here's the deal, gang. This is what we believe about today. So key. God began his story with a chosen people and a promise to bless their descendants. The beginning of this amazing, magnificent paradise, the creation of the universe, the creation of all things. God began this big story with two people who would have descendants and then he would hit the reset button on creation and then he would finally end up with a man named Abram who he would change his name to Abraham and said, yes, I will bless you and your descendants. Do this. This will be the physical sign that I have said yes to blessing you. And Jesus, the risen Messiah, who would come thousands of years later, would come from this exact promise. The beginning of the big story, which so many of us write off as, that's just the creation story. Yeah, it's just the flood story. Yeah, it's just Abraham was so powerful and so impactful because it was the beginning of what would come to be the Messiah that if we believe would save us all. God's blessing was upon that man, Abraham, and his descendants, and it would manifest to change some of our lives in, way, in ways that we would never understand or imagine until we would say yes to Jesus. Let me pray. Father, just thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your love for us. God, this is a lot, but I got to tell you, not only did you inspire our hearts to do this for those who would be a part of Downtown Harbor Church, those who would be listening online, but we believe that you did this and it's documented and it's laid out for us. And God, thank you for a massive plan. Thank you for a big story. Thank you that it manifested into a savior that would save us. God, I pray that as we go through this, that you would just encourage those who might go, what does this all mean? Help us as we question and unpack and get into some groups together and just enjoy each other's company and talk about things a little more. I pray that your presence would be upon us, that you would infect our hearts with your spirit and that through this journey, that those who have not said yes to Jesus somewhere along the way would open their hearts and life to him. And that he would bless their life and save them just as you promised through the life of Abraham and those descendants all those thousands of years ago. We pray this today, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.